Welcome back to Average Joe's. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you were having an error. No, not yet. No, that's, we'll, that's later on. We'll watch for it. Uh, so tonight we've got um, Big Bad Brad. The three amigos. The three amigos. And uh, Chris, I got. I don't have a good nickname for you. I don't, I'm not three afraid stooges. to give you the nicknames that I've gone uh, by. Which one of the life? three stooges no. would, well, Mo would you want to be? Well, Mo was the leader, but I think, yeah. you know... Curly was by far the funniest. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. Have you guys seen The Three Amigos? Oh, that was a long time ago it's when been I saw a while. that. It's, yeah. a, it's a classic. I'm thankful that you went to Three Amigos versus the three older guys. Like, <laughs> I was waiting for that one to come out. <laughs> or, uh, uh, no, I was thinking it was. Uh, not it's like a Zorro, like the three mm-hmm. whatever musketeers. They, three, three musketeers. musketeers. Yeah. Which yep. version? There's been like 15 I, different remakes of I that know, movie. I know. I was thinking of the um, the Mickey Mouse one, but I can really hear the birds. Yeah. Wow. Are they? It's like we're recording out outside. The here? Yeah, they must be. So I'm gonna just say from the start that uh, I'm gonna have some ADHD today. Um, when I'm tired. I, I struggle to focus, and uh, we have been in the syrup season, so I have been oh. working. As I told Brad, I've been working from right. the uh, the north, the northern office um, up in Perry Center, mm-hmm. and uh, boiling. So I was boiling till two thirty last night, and then back up at seven this morning. And I'm you could, it. Sounds like a monk. Yeah, you could be. I'm sure you had time with God. Silence. There is. I haven't yet to turn the TV on, which is nice. They often work. I, I was going to. You mean this. off? No. TV? I haven't turned it on. Oh, yeah, okay. It's, it's been silent. Yeah, I thought you said you have to turn the TV on to no. stay awake or something. No, no. Well, you're, so you're turning it every half yeah, an hour. Anyway, yeah. So it's like there's not any point of it getting into anything. Right. Right. Quiet I came home the, from college once, and my parents were messing around with maple syrup, so I was given the grand job of making sure that I was tending the fire. Yeah. So I spent my entire spring break going outside and yeah, fire still going, fire Stoke still going. Fire. And it was like, I, didn't, I wasn't even given an option. My mom's like, well, this is what you're going to do because you're home this week. But I'm, I'm, I'm on break. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Ryan still does his by fire. Uh, I'm an old man, so I do it by propane. I've got propane burners, mm-hmm. which keeps it at a constant, I don't know, s- 700 BTUs or seven. I don't know even what the number is, but it's hot. <clears throat> so I threw a lot of wood on the fire that week. <laughs> the Abbey of Perry Center. That's right. Are you Perry Center? We are. Yep. And you're the Abbot. Hey, Abbot! Abbot! How many people get that one? Yeah, it could be an interesting episode. You got ADHD and... Well, you could also do the, the guy from Princess Bride. Mowage! 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 <laughs> Um, yeah, what were you saying, Brad? It could be an interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Squirrel. <laughs> and the birds. Yeah. In the background there. Well, so, Chris, without giving away anything, you're up to bat this week on Sunday. I am. I uh, am. Yeah, that was. That's <laughs> oh, what. This they, is your week. They, <laughs> and I threw you the curve, right? Like we ended that series. And uh, and the sermon you wrote kind of is tagging in with that series, and then I kicked off a new one this week. So, um, if you're listening, you can ignore this week's sermon, <laughs> then listen to Chris's, and then go back to this week's sermon. We're, we're playing out of context a little bit. That's but I, right. I think it's good to, you know, I always think about we had you know, it was such a great level of series that we went through of just you know topics that I don't think people normally want to tackle. You yeah. know, and it's 
to be able to kind of, as I was getting ready for this upcoming week, thinking like, okay, well, now they've had a little time to sit and marinate in it. It's not just getting yeah. one over the other. So I think even a little bit of the break, I think it'll be good and just kind of a, a, a throwback yeah. will be good for it. And, yep. you know, as, as I was getting to put it together, I was really kind of excited as That's cool. some of the underlying things. And I always I always enjoy the opportunity to, you know, the, the idea of teaching is always fun, but the idea of being able to go back and actually know what a dedicated time of what I'm pulling out and, yeah. and trying to review and study is always, I always find that the, the best part of it. Yep, Myself absolutely. anyways. Absolutely. They say ministry is 90% what God does to you and 10% what he does through you. And uh, I think there's the, one of the best parts of being a pastor is that I get to spend a dedicated amount of time in the Word. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably ought to spend more. But. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna, if I'm being completely transparent, that series on why is it sinful uh, was exhausting. Like it, not, mm. it was a healthy exhaustion. But I, yeah. can, I finished that series. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I, now we've we have covered some really tough topics, and uh, I think we did pretty. I think I did, you know, did it justice, but. Uh, Let's can we just turn to scripture for a little while right. now and and really learn from that and mm-hmm. um, so I do think those are topics those are things that have to be discussed and have to be you know what does God say about these things mm-hmm. um, it's important you know John Wesley said you read the Bible in one hand with one hand and you have a newspaper in the other so you're mm-hmm. always God's word and culture um, but I was uh, I was ready to move into the gospel yeah. <laughs> was it was it so because i mean there were some touchy subjects mm-hmm. that were that were touched on was it more because the idea that you're always playing in the back of your head the idea that someone's going to take offense to it so you're kind of emotionally preparing in the idea of what's going to come my way when i get back to my house on sunday afternoon what text message is going to come through yeah there's there's some of that although our congregation's pretty good um I think some of it is there is a, a an emotional dance that you have to kind of work through, and and you want to say truth and you want to do it boldly, but you also want to balance it with grace. And you know some of those subjects are pretty touchy with family mm-hmm. members. You know, there's um, people that have grandkids that are struggling with these things, or or their own kids. And how do I convey that? Listen, we're not going to run them out of the church. We're going to love them. That's what we're called to do. But this is what God's word says. Right. So I mean, it's that it is that balancing act to be able to say that you're loving someone and still be able to carry that relationship and try to have that bridge, but still having the ability to say a sin is a sin. Yeah. And just because you know you're my grandkid or you're my nephew or whatever, that doesn't paint over it. No. Like yeah. Like that. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna love you. I'm gonna always be whatever role I am to you in your life. Yep. But you have to know, like, and I think there's a part of it, like, if, if you were if you were a drug addict or a drunk, people would have no problem pointing that out. Right. Like, if, if you were struggling with heroin, yep. hopefully someone loves you enough to say, you got a problem. Yeah. Like, you, you can't, this is going to lead to something that you're not anticipating it leading to, and you think that you have a control over it. Yeah. Yep. But you're living an unhealthy lifestyle. Why are we so tentative about calling out those other things that sin ultimately leads to death, and if you're not, if you're not going to call that out and repent of it, sure. What are we doing? Yeah, and that's that's where I think it's it, it is. There's some emotional charge to it. Like, 
um, when when people feel like well they were born this way, right? And so the I use a very similar analogy with um, you know if you're there's if you're born with a proclivity for addiction, you know, say you're you're born with that proclivity towards alcoholism. Well, um, nobody is going to say, you know, I, I love you and I'm going to support you. Let's go to the local bar. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so uh, that's not really supporting somebody. The problem is, is that people, for whatever reason, don't see uh, transgender or homosexual as the sin like they see alcoholism. They, they see, well, if God you know, made me this way or made my grandson this way or my granddaughter this way or my child this way, then, you know, God, if God made it, if I believe that God made him this way, then it can't be a sin because God doesn't make mistakes. And so there's all this stuff that you have to unwrap with them. And, oh, by the way, you got to keep them around long enough to be able to unwrap it with them. You know, mm-hmm. if I get up there and just say, you're all sin-bitten, devil-driven heathens because you then they're leaving the church right. now we don't have that bridge anymore to so it's it's open some conversations around all that and to be honest i'm settled on what i think is is sin and not sin but brad and i were even talking on sunday like is we we often say it is um like for homosexuality it's sinful uh to act on it but the sin isn't in the thoughts or the the temptation and then I, I look at Jesus saying, well, if you're angry at your brother, you've right. already committed murder in your heart or, you know, or if you, look if you at lust. lust. Yeah. So, and, and Brad, I, you give your response better because when I asked you that, your response was excellent, I thought. Well, do you remember the reference? Uh, uh, was it James uh, or... I don't, I, you, yeah, it was in James, but you rattled it off the top well, of your head. It's actually... Well, he has a little old lyrics to a song. Yeah, one of those old uh, 1990s Christian uh, rock bands uh, sang about about this, and and it was uh, the process of temptation uh, becoming sin. Mm-hmm. So, and the and it does include some of the scripture, some of the biblical words, but I don't think it's quite scripture. But it's de- desire conceived in the mind it breeds. Till it's giving birth to sin, and and I think it's James. You know, we all we're all tempted when uh, by our own desires. Uh, and I I wish I could look it up. Maybe it'd be good to do it now. You can do a Google search, but because there are not, you know, some desires are holy. Some are good. Some are bad. I think of them as. So I'm not sure it says this, but I'm I'm assuming that the desire in us started out as holy, mm-hmm. uh, and and we can use the sexual, uh, whether it's hetero or homo, uh, sexual, um, that uh, sexual desire is good. So, but it's so there. That's where it starts. Desire conceived uh, in the mind, it breeds. So. It reproduces. It it gets bigger. It it uh, spreads out. It goes farther, and then eventually, like a weed, I suppose, in your uh, front flower bed, uh, starts to spill over into the grass. You know, it goes beyond the boundaries, and that's where holy desire would become lust. Thank you, God, for what you've given me, but. Uh, 
you know, if one wife is good, wouldn't you know, two would be even better. Is <laughs> what I uh, talk about with uh, like uh, polygamy with with uh, heterosexual lust yep. and uh, homosexual. I guess would start out with somehow a, a desire, a normal. You've got a normal desire for sex plus a normal desire for same sex um, attention or affection, perhaps, and then they become conflated or yeah. uh, uh, combined in a way that God didn't is, that did desire. So, you know, the sexual desire is started off good uh, and um, the, uh, uh, the desire for same-sex relationships, intimacy, love, dare we say, dare I say, I'm the only one uncomfortable with it, but in Greek, phileo, right? Brotherly love. And then it becomes um, so you des- desire conceived in the mind. It breeds till it's giving birth to sin, and then eventually it becomes sin. So uh, homosexual uh, desire, I don't believe, is ever there by birth. Mm-hmm. It's probably impossible to prove anyway. Well, I, would, I mean, biologically, I mean, there is a small, 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 small m- micro percentage of the population that are born with conflicting hormones you know they that they've got some they got maybe a little bit more estrogen than they should if you're a guy you got a little bit more testosterone if you're a girl Mm -hmm. um there's even a very small part biologically that are maybe even born with conflicting organs but yeah that's a very small and if you really want to probably relate to it there's probably some genetic recessive yeah, I know traits that, they, that if you farther get down into it that are causing that because, yeah. um, you know, God created us. So he created our DNA. He created our, our genomes, our things like that. So we know that you're getting off. And, you know, like think about hunting. You get those pie balls. You get the, mm-hmm. the albino deer. They're, they're an anomaly. They're an anomaly. Yep. So and I would believe that if you were to look at, say, that the micro portion of the population that are actually really that, you would have to probably consider that. Sure. Trying not to upset anybody for it, but it's it wouldn't be something that you would see as a dominant genetic trait, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why I relate it to alcoholism because there is that as well. Now, in the the mapped out DNA genomes, all that stuff, it's, there isn't a oh here's the home or the the alcoholic gene, but there are those. There's certainly those re- anomalies, right? Um, mm-hmm. So. Um, that's kind of why I think those two are, are comparable. Um, and so, I'm, you know, but my, my point with, with some of those folks was, um, okay, so then if, he's, if he or she is born this way, do they act on it? Like we were talking about. And, and the passage was uh, James 1, and it's 13 through 15, but what you were talking about is, uh, then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's fully grown, gives birth to death. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. And, and it's a great, great chapter, the whole thing. And then it goes into, don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters, because every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights. Um, so then the other thing, which was interesting that came out of this series, and I don't want to belabor the series, because uh, we were going to talk about this week's sermon, but... Well, we can still can. You got ADHD. Uh, I know I'm all over the next time. <laughs> anyway, so. But this was this was fascinating to me. Was that um, there are people in the homosexual community who are ticked off at this 
gender yeah. stuff. This gender they're competing. Yeah. Explanations for lifestyle. Sure. And I'm not. And and they're just they're mad because we're getting lumped in with these people and these people are wackos. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that, that's that's what I was have yeah. heard in the last two weeks was I don't put me in with that category because yeah. they, they don't they're they're they've got no idea how many you know 70 one which of the 72 if you didn't have the categories politicians wouldn't care about you right so that's that's probably true that's how they show their love by putting you in a category (laughs) don't label me (laughs) and then we label ourselves um so that was an interesting learn for me um in that and i think our church as a whole is, is getting healthy in terms of how do we deal with disagreement right so I can say, this is sin, and they can respond, well, you know, I, I'm not sure if it is because I think he was, he was born with that. And for us to have conversation back and forth, and then, and maybe people just know my own, my insecurities, but the people that I had those conversations with, all of them said, but don't worry, I'm going to be there Sunday. <laughs> right? So, yeah. okay, we're building relationships that are keeping people at the table even when they don't agree. Well, and I think that's a, I mean, long lost art because in the last few years, it seems like you can't have a, an opinion that is right. contrary oh, to yeah. someone else. Right. So like, to be able to sit across from the table and say, I agree, I disagree. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, you know, I think the three of us are comfortable enough that you could put some topics here. We'd find three different point of views and we'd be pretty steadfast mm-hmm. in what those point of views are. But it's a long lost part of communication. Um, and we wouldn't call each other names uh, well, until I'm, we were. I might. Behind each other's backs. I might. <laughs> yeah, so, you're, I'm you're, not gonna say you're an alpha male. So I'm not going to say behind anybody's back. Straight to their face. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, the sign that our church can handle that without melting down to the point of creating like a, a Karen type viral video is a, yeah. is a very good sign. Well, and I, I mean, this is probably going to start teetering into this upcoming Sundays a little bit. The idea of you know, one of the verses that you know stands out. To I me warned that, you about that. That's right. Preaching your Sunday sermon <laughs> I'm not, right I'm, now. I'm, I'm going to be very, very, very careful, and I don't preach intentionally. Vague. <laughs> don't call it preaching. I might. It might be preaching this Sunday. I, I might not be able to avoid that term this Sunday. Uh-huh. Um, it, but you know, one of the things that I think about with, as I was preparing, was thinking about that idea of that verse in the Bible where the the, the word of God is a two edged sword, uh-huh. and it cuts to the marrow. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, if we're living in sin in our lives, the word of God is going to be offensive to us because yeah. we're going. We're getting. If we're getting that gut feeling, if we're getting that inner conflict, that is the spirit moving in us to say that something is misaligned and we need to align ourselves correctly. Yeah. And if it doesn't hurt, you're either like if you're living in sin and you're reading some of those passages that are gut punch level passages. You know, and I, I think you know not to give it away, but I think you know one of the one of the verses that I'm speaking on this weekend is probably one of the hardest written. Like, there's no nice way to put it. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're living in sin and you're feeling that like that, that's now on you to take get right with God. But if you're not, then are you re- can you consider yourself saved? If you're sitting in a congregation, you're calling yourself a Christian, and, and some of the and you're living in that. And you're not feeling compelled to do something with it. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to be careful because, like, you know, the church uses a lot of different legalism for a lot of things and accuses a lot of things of being sin where it's not. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I'll just throw it out there the idea of alcohol consumption in itself is not a sin. I don't mm-hmm. believe that it is. Yeah. <clears throat> but you have churches that will legally tell you that that's a sin. Mm-hmm. No, getting drunk and right. whatever happens after that and losing control, 
that's where the sin comes in. But having a, a beer with your steak or having a glass of wine, that is not a sin. So I, I think you know if you're reading, if you're if you're struggling with alcoholism and you're here getting some of those things that come through the Bible where the negative parts of drinking, you know, you think about Noah and you think about those times where alcohol was mentioned in not great light, you might want to feel like maybe I need to be better. Or if you're seeing the verse, be sober of mind, mm-hmm. maybe I got to do better. But if you're living in some of these really sexual sins that are out there, the Bible makes it very clear. Like, and it's not a, well, that's not what they meant. No, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure if they meant something different, it would have said something different. And when we say that's not what it meant, that's us bending Scripture to make it more convenient or comfortable for us. Right. That's, that's not taking the truth sometimes, of Scripture. Sometimes. That's the, that's the tricky yeah. part because yeah. it is a proper uh, interpretation. I was thinking about, well, we're, uh, I'm not trying to transition into John 9. But in the early part of John 9, it says, Jesus said, neither this man, neither his parents sinned. Yep. And that would be a perfect... Ooh. Where's the music? I'm hearing music. Is it out? It's outside. That's your daughter, probably. (laughs) Yeah. It's not on my phone. (laughs) But that's a perfect opportunity to say, uh, you know, it's not what he meant. Because in that case, you might be... So it'd be foolish to, but I guess that's what that's what cults are made out of. Oh, you, you went there, but let me let it me. It is lob, possible to be sinless. Let me lob that out there. Okay, <laughs> so we're taught that there's only one person who can ever say that they were sinless. Yeah, and that was Jesus. But in that scripture, he says neither neither then or that the parents or the child sinned. Yeah, was that basically a reverence to say or a reference to say that a sin didn't cause this? Is that a better way to say that? Right. The, like the the. The blindness isn't due to sin yeah. versus well, neither one of them sinned. Because yeah. I, I think like that could in itself be a contradictory. Sure. Yeah. It, it's, it was what I think Jesus was saying was you, your families, your parents didn't sin. Their, their specific sin didn't cause your specific. Right. This, 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 this is right. not an yeah. infirmity that is caused right. by sin. Right. Yeah. But so, some of these, these sin debates are... Uh, truly complicated and difficult, uh, and uh, us oversimplifying, or that'd be the the straw man error, probably, is to to say you know it's obvious and uh, you're uh, you have no right to um, interpret that way uh, ever or something. Uh, it is it it is tough to. Uh, to answer some of these sexual, especially the, uh, well, I don't know, especially the, uh, I think, uh, <laughs> well, I think I, it is complicated. I think that's uh, important to acknowledge that, uh, like in some of these, um, in some of these places, I think in homosexuality, <laughs> that one of the word, one of the references to homosexual is, is like a feminine man or. Uh, an effeminate man, or, or uh, you know, if you take just the the dictionary or the, le- the lexicon of, of the original language, uh, then uh, a an, you know an honest biblical uh, uh, teacher has got to stop and say, well, huh, I uh, I guess I, but uh, I guess I need to acknowledge that. This is not as simple as I'd like it to be. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I think it makes it, the, the you know, the farther and farther we get away from absolute truth, 
the more difficult it seems that those conversations become you know mm. kind of piggybacking into what we said earlier i was born this way i don't i i i believe more than anything that is more nurture versus nature in those scenarios yeah. something happened yeah, in your too. life some 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 form of trauma some form of distrust some form of your parents pushing something onto you or yeah. exposing you to something like bullying bullying peer pressure all of those things a lot of it is abandonment abandonment of a father or mm-hmm. a mother whether yeah. it be an emotional abandonment or an actual uh, a lot of it is abuse stuff that comes mm-hmm. in yeah so you, you know. say that that's that's the nurture part right that there's your the in, external influences in your life yeah. had a hand in you on a very small age where that yep. pushed you down a yep. road you can't say that you were born that way because you can't acknowledge the fact on day one that this is how you felt. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, the the reality is, though, when you enter into those kinds of conversations, um, that's probably not even the place to, to start, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think, so we had a... Uh, You're just going to ask people what their issue is? No, no. <laughs> so I think when I look... When I did this series, I just kept going back through my mind, the woman caught in adultery and the woman at the well. You know, go, yeah. t- go tell your husband, well, I don't have a husband. You're right. You, got, you, had, you, you know, five. had five, and the man you're living with now, you're not even married to. So, But Jesus handled that so gracefully, and he just kept notching it up a little mm-hmm. bit more, a little bit more. And so I think we can talk about truth and not be jackasses about it no, I, no you know 100%. i think and it, so you know you, you see the drive-by stuff on social media of like mm-hmm. you know these people that are harping and or, or just hammering people well i can't argue that there's that's not truth mm-hmm. it, it, what they're saying is true i but where i take issue is when you're dealing with people's lives people who we just acknowledged are, are have most likely experienced trauma and i hate that that's a trigger word for me mm. so is trigger but, um, <laughs> it's not your trigger that's saying trigger. expand so, the list every year yeah but when we when we're working with real people real lives yeah um hammering them that way doesn't always seem to to be best i think the way we want to do it is like jesus and, and notch it a little bit at yeah. a time so the example that i use we have this girl um who is in young life with us who um, was was in that process of thinking about transitioning, and um, you know, just quiet and just not you know aloof, and we kind of have just gotten to know her, you know. And I think um, me just asking convers- questions, you know, and it, and eventually it led to me, and I've shared this before, be, being able to say, hey, what? Why did? Why are you changing your name? You you've got a beautiful name, what? Mm-hmm. And, eventually now she's like yeah i'm not sure i'm really gonna, yeah. you know yeah and i don't i'm i don't want to take credit for all of that but i do think there's something about a godly man or a godly woman putting an arm around a kid saying yeah. you matter you have yeah. value and we love you and we're going to not leave you in this place and eventually they start to like yeah. sometimes all they need is somebody yeah yeah and i think sometimes it's on the other side of that i think there's also just i think there's you know, people go through certain phases where it's, you know, and this is why I think you get into those surgeries and those medical treatments, why they're rushing into doing it. Like you're causing long-term harm for what essentially is just a phase. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think you find that a lot of people, like they grow out of it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's what Dr. Brown was saying that five, 10 years out after those surgeries, 
they're full of remorse and regret. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. uh, like, I can't believe I, I... Because I still have the same brain, the same heart. Mm. Nothing has changed, and they feel even worse. Than they and the research you said in your sermon was, was that a uh, genuine, usually girls, mm-hmm. young teenage girls, will go through the... Um, questioning period might even identify as as transgender most of them are like 80 percent will uh transition out of that will uh if if you just simply leave them alone right and in, in terms of like puberty blockers or, or yep. well i mean treatment. you think about just from a a growth and development period of time like you've got a group of young girls that have probably grown up playing with boys like yeah. and now the boys are being weird they're being weird they still don't like and I'm sorry if there's women. Like, girls are petty, anyways. So if you put them in that pre-teenage age, oh, they're where mean they, to each yeah. other. They're Vicious. mean. They're nasty. They're rotten. I, I can see very much a, a, a young teenage girl going, "Geez, I get along better with Johnny and Bob over here. Maybe yeah. I'm, yeah. Maybe I am more of a a boy than a girl because I just I don't want to deal with this. And that's where Emily is. And I love her to pieces, and she hates drama or says she does. I've found that people who say I hate drama usually love drama. They're usually the ones oh, that start. True. But that, oh. that aside, but she gets along much better with guys. Like mm-hmm. she, mostly because of her interest in the outdoors and yeah. stuff. Um, but the other thing that you were touching on, I think, is absolutely right. You get to that preteen, 13 years old, 14 years old. If we've decided at seven or eight, that you, oh we're going to help you transition you're mm. going to choose your your gender and then they plow through and they get yeah. that that estrogen dump or that yeah. testosterone dump in their teens mm. now you've i mean you you just completely yeah. missed what what might have been the the changing factor that they yeah. needed so a lot of these to take well in in revelation one of the uh promises of is probably heaven maybe the New Jerusalem or something like that, is that there will be no, all, all the things, not just sin will be no more, but the things that cause men to sin will yeah. be no more. Right. So the cause is is the exciting part, and that makes sense. How are you gonna make sin go away? Well, you, you wipe out everything that causes men to sin. Uh, it may be a reversal of the uh, tree of good and evil. We will no longer have knowledge of evil. That, that might actually be a good thing. Ignorance is, in fact, bliss. Anyway, uh, talk about ADHD. Where was I going with it? Oh, yeah. Things are, <laughs> with homosexuality or transgender or whatever, a lot of times I think these things on a desire level, the internal uh, process uh, is not necessarily sin in itself, but a yeah. consequence of sin. Yeah. Uh, someone else's sin. Someone else sinned against us. So in whether it's the the parents that weren't there when they should have been or uh, harmed us when they should have helped us or uh, being picked on, called names and broken stereotypes in in, uh, the the locker room or something that does deeper harm uh, than than a punch in the stomach. Uh, Then that person starts to have mixed feelings and confused thoughts and uh, to be tempted, Uh, but they're actually isn't necessarily sin yet that's a consequence of sin uh and and i think that's we share responsibility uh and that part is on us to to try and shape society we need to be salt and light and protect kids from mm-hmm. uh, yeah 
uh, whatever you know the, the gay porn in the public school library or or um, stereo unrealistic stereotypes in the church say because uh, you know I, uh, I I I work my wife stays at home my kids were homeschooled you know as the Bible says every family should be <laughs> thank you I read that Some, in the Gospel of Brett sometimes yeah. <laughs> yeah right if you really loved your kids love God but uh, <laughs> churches can can be like that. And and then uh, and then create uh, not on purpose but um, gender stereotypes where people don't fit. Yeah. And and then they start to question and and the the uh, the church has to be uh, broader than that. And it wouldn't be so if they you know, we were thoroughly familiar with the Bible because there are um, men in Nehemiah we read about who made perfume. <laughs> and uh, women in Proverbs 31 that uh, uh, bought and sold land and uh, had, a, I think she sold fabrics or something in um, Proverbs 31. So you are allowed, to, women are allowed to work. Men are allowed to do uh, artsy-fartsy types of things and not, que- not need to question, am I... The other gender? Right. Well, David, no, you're David not. played the harp. David wrote poetry. David, yeah. Yeah. David, yeah. And David is considered a man among men yeah. in the Bible of one of the others accomplished he was. I'm going to raise this level up for a notch since it's, it's the average Joe's. You use the idea that, that the parents abandoned. I want to raise it that it's a parent. Right. That if mm. the absence of oh, a father dead. Yeah. in a kid's lives or a supporting father, a loving father, not just a condemning father, not just anything you do is wrong that idea that you teach them how to if you've got a little girl you're teaching them what a man should look like right. mm-hmm. and how they should be treated mm-hmm. if you've got a little boy you're modeling yep. what they should be growing into yeah. that when you take that father out of the scenario and the world keeps fathers busy yes. they they keep them that I think raises the stakes on those nurture moments which leads people down to paths of I didn't know what my, I didn't know my father yeah. you know I, I, I didn't have and I'm not saying I, I, right, right, I know right. my dad. I love my dad. My dad loves me. But to have someone in your life who you're looking for that, you're looking for that level of affirmation and who you are, or you're looking for what it means to be truly loved unconditionally, that's what starts chasing people down wrong paths yeah. because you didn't you didn't have it growing up. And it could be just as much as you know if you you could be a mom an issue too, depending on. But I think more and more, you know, we've all read the books with Fight Club and things like that. You mm-hmm. take man out of the, you take a husband and a father out of the equation. Yeah, mm-hmm. it leads to a whole lot of other increases yeah. of what happens in those kids' lives. There's a whole porn industry that's based on women without fathers. Right? Yeah, and, it, and psychologically too, the, there's psychology, psychological, where kids go through two uh, separation points with mm. with their moms so the mm-hmm. first one is when they're weaning and then the second one is i think around 12 13 years old mm-hmm. and they say at that point and it might be a little younger than that that if you're going to divorce your spouse you can't don't do it during that time like mm-hmm. if you're if you're in those years you need to stay with your spouse because they need, yes. it, yeah yeah get your and, kids at least through high school and at that <laughs> point at that point and I, i'm i'm gonna probably ruffle the feathers of moms but they say that the father is the most important figure particularly in a daughter's life is in mm. those those early 
um, middle school years. Mm-hmm. And because they're looking to you for approval, they're looking to you for, okay, we're getting under that edge of, of starting to date, and mm-hmm. what, do, what do I look for in a, in, a, mm-hmm. in a spouse? Well, if a father's not there, that stuff just all... Mm-hmm. They're going to be looking and being much more open-minded for the first guy that says he loves them. Yeah. 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 And that's because that's just... They haven't heard it. They mm-hmm. haven't experienced it. So the first guy that comes around the corner and says, I love you, right. you're like, oh, he loves me. I, I, he, it, it opens the doorways to a whole lot of other things. And yeah. Well, I talk about the preteen girls being petty and vicious. Teenage boys are just awful in their own right anyways. Yeah. Yeah. And they smell. And they're dogs. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it, that's the... It all, it's all comes back to sin, right? Yeah. Like, as fathers, it, when we... One, if we step out of our, our families, um, that's that's sinful. And you mm-hmm. talked about, and I love this because it, it triggered it. Oh, my again. goodness. Uh, you, you have no one to be upset with but yourself. <laughs> it spawned a thought in my brain. It's spawning. About, do you need um, a safe space? You need some puppies? <laughs> some about, uh, yes, can I have a safe space, please? Um, about You said the, the world keeps fathers busy. And fathers, yeah. we buy into the lie yeah. that in order to provide and protect, we've got to be out of the house all day long working. Yeah. And in the meantime, we're completely, and I do think we provide and protect. That's part of our role. Yeah. But provide and protect, it doesn't, what good is that if you don't know who you're providing for and what you're protecting? Mm-hmm. And I, I want to take, like, I, I want to take a step back on that. And, like, I, I know there are dads that are doing everything they can. You know, they might have to work two jobs to make sure the bills are getting paid. And that's, that's how they're keeping food on the table. Yep. And I don't want guys to think about that. Like, yeah. You're, you're, you're doing what you got to do. You know, and I remember my dad telling me, because he worked construction for years, barely above minimum wage, mm-hmm. tearing his body apart. And nope. I'm, I'm asking him, going, you could do other things, Dad. Like, why are you doing this to yourself? And his response to me was, as a dad, it's not about getting to do what you want to do. It's about doing what you need to do. Sure. Mm-hmm. And you, you get those real dudes out there that are like, I, I'm going to support my family. I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. The balance point is just making sure that when you are around, yeah. that yeah. you're around. Yeah, that you're not on your nights off. I'm I'm going to the, I'm going to Steve's, and you know that any free yeah. time that you have, like you're avoiding your family. Like yeah. that that working and being productive. That's what God created us. Sure. To but do. there's a, there's a slap in the face that I experienced this weekend. So uh, Jake and Rachel and I are going to Senegal in May, and Jake's like, I can't ask my my company for that week of vacation. I'm like, why not? He goes because. Um, I'm the only other tech they've got, and if I if I'm not there, then it's all on Dan's shoulders. I'm like, well, they'll figure it out. He's like, you don't understand it, and, and then it, we're also going on vacation in December, and I and now I'm asking for two weeks. I said, Jake, you work to provide for the things. Not you know, he doesn't have kids or a wife yet, but that's your job. You work for that so that you can yeah. can do those things that you are really called to. It's not mm. the other way around. And I appreciate yeah. your, your loyalty, but don't get caught up no. in thinking that your job is is the thing that you your loyalty to your company. If they were loyal to you, they'd find you another person. Well, you know, I learned, I learned this the hard way myself. Like I worked at a company I was I was all in for. Like yeah. I I even tried, you know was trying to even put a table offer on the table like help me get my master's program and i'll just retire with you guys like just like i'm this is where i want to be 
And I had an HR person tell me, be careful of how deep your loyalty lies because your company is only as loyal as your production. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I learned that the hard way that when they had an opportunity, the, the, the winds shifted yep. and they wanted to go a different way. And I was no longer seen as a productive person, but now right. I was an obstacle that they they moved on and they didn't hesitate. Yeah. And I, my, my former boss, who is one of my coworkers now, um, she always had this little thing underneath her table and it was probably one of the most morbid things ever and it was you want to think you're valued at your job wait till you die your your job replacement will be posted before your obituary be written yeah mm. like mm-hmm. and that's true like and that should be a liberating thought yeah. it, it but is it can be crushing to people. but i also know this workaholic type mindset is a very we are adhd today we are, we are all, all over just the place but it's, like, it's flowing <laughs> like you know, you think about the Western culture and like it's this work. We're gonna work. We're gonna work. We're gonna work. If you go to Europe, like it's not uncommon for them to take a four week holiday. Four yeah. weeks. They take four months. Four months. Like they, at the end of June, we're like, okay, we'll see you in September. Like <laughs> we have this idea in, in the Western culture that means just like is Jake. Jake, if you're listening, you don't have to work every week. Right. Um, you need. And I'm now I'm thinking like Google as much as I don't want to necessarily bring them in. They have a they have a requirement that you're taking one week off every quarter. Yeah, like you don't get to uh-huh. carry your vacation over. You have to take a week every th- every three months. Yeah, um, that's kind of the Jewish pattern of mm-hmm. uh, the week the weeks of uh, Sabbath weeks. Yep. You're, the they, festivals. They want you taking your vacation. But how often do we carry vacation and not use it in, as a and it's a badge of honor that we haven't taken our time. Oh, I, yeah. I, I had my weeks when I was working at that particular company. I would have my weeks that I were written in stone there, you know, going to Canada, going fishing, going whatever. But, like, I didn't take sick days. I didn't take vacation because, yeah. you know, my mindset was something different that it was all going to go to crap if I wasn't there. Right, mm-hmm. right. And if I go on vacation, it's not worth coming back to having things on fire, and now I'm just more stressed out than I was if I would have just stayed. Yeah. Um, but I think that's, again, it's a level of self idol worship that we're somehow that valuable to the right. whole instrument yeah. of things that yeah. we, we've got to yeah. pour ourselves in mm-hmm. and I think that's and I'm going to bring it back to our original conversation holy cow <laughs> you're, you're talking about this idea whiplash. of whiplash it's this idea of I think a lot of the things that we're experiencing in this culture are are fruits of the sin of idol self worship Yeah, yep. and, yeah. You, and you're having it with your parents as well too that they want the attention so if I'm getting attention because of something my kid is doing, whether I'm pushing my kid to be an all-star athlete, mm-hmm. which is just pushing them probably not liking you very much, mm-hmm. or my kid has got some questions, so now I'm going to promote that the fact that they are transgender. and they're Now, I'm still getting attention that, oh, what a great thing, how brave. Like It really also comes back to the idol worship of self. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. I thought you handled the uh, sin series exceptionally well we would talk about it after uh church and lunch sometimes and wonder who might be offended and all that but i uh, <laughs> i said a couple of times you know mike couldn't have been more gentle and gracious than that but it was also a good reminder for myself you know it's easier to point at other people but uh, having uh spent so much time in the uh, social work or mental health culture, they've made a uh, a living at turning things uh, God calls sin into just like uh, mental health issues or mm-hmm. um, uh, neutral or 
or uh, you could be a, a subjective uh, moral relativism or um, whatever. So I'm I live in that. I work in that environment, and and uh, it can't help but some of it wears off on me. And so when uh, so you're talking about coming home from work and and being available to your uh, wife and kids, uh, and in my case now, wife and kid, because <laughs> Hannah there now. But um, and thank God, the first well, they all turned out fine. But still, not being able to take myself off the clock as a husband and father, and now uh, being able to or having to spend uh, give more attention to marriage now that the kids are okay, uh, and being. Uh, uh, available to her and, and being the best husband I can. Uh, uh, there's male and female differences in expectations, and, and I always joke about you know not having feelings and stuff. That can be a problem sometimes in marriage. <laughs> Just and, give her the right spoon, Brad. And uh, yeah, I've done that. It could be a be my thing. Uh, you derailed me. Where was I going with that? <laughs> that it can be a bad thing. Uh, oh, the feeling. So being emotionally available to your wife and listening and remembering and and your daughter too and, and all of that. Uh, I, got, I get in the habit of making excuses by way of personality or gender. You know, men and women are different. Mm. You can't expect me to uh, communicate with you like a woman or, you know, I'm the father of of Theodore, who's the father of Clyde Miller. And uh, so, you know, I was nurtured that way. So what do you expect? I can't, you know, uh, how much can you change your nurturing? And, and it's just the way, you know, you got to accept one another, love one another. And, uh, it's not bad. It's just different necessarily. I'm not. So the, the end of that story is I, because of this series, had to consider again how much of that is actually sin? Mm. And uh, because there would be two different, call them interventions or solutions to those problems. Uh, if it's just, if it's not sin, then you might be able to just practice these skills like we do in emotionally healthy spirituality. Um, or uh, uh, learn some new information and, and like that. But if it's sin, that, that, has to be confessed, repented, and forgiven uh, by God and by each other, and and that was actually a re relief uh, because of what happens. Well, I'm not always clear which is where where sin starts and just you know human uh, infirmities or bad habits ends or whatever. But anyway, uh, to bring that into the conversation again and, and remember. That that's one of the options here, is actually uh, builds hope because when you got a, when you've got uh, say a problem, you know I want my marriage to be better, uh, and so does my wife. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you think to yourself, especially as a man, all right, how am I going to solve this problem? What am I going to do? And if you just got a bunch of hand uh, question marks in your hand, uh, I don't know. Uh, at least sin can add one to give you some uh, a direction to go. Well, let's let's start by at least checking your heart for sin. Am I being prideful? Mm -hmm. uh, 
am I making excuses for myself? Uh, and uh, at least clear that stuff away and maybe clear the air between each other. And then on the other end too, forgiving, mm. extending forgiveness. You know, you might think, well, you think I've got problems. I've got a list of things. Right, right. <laughs> Are we going to compare lists? Uh, and then uh, starting with a forgiving attitude, that, all right, we all sin. And there's the gospel again. Uh, God loves everyone, so we have to love uh, each other. Our battle's not against flesh and blood, principalities, powers, so we all have sin, fall short of glory, God. Gift of God is eternal life, Jesus Christ. So let's forgive one another. Let's extend the gospel to one another, one another and uh, and be free. Yeah. And uh, and that sermon series reminded me uh, of that because I love to criticize culture and uh, it is really scary where we're headed but oh you'll love Sunday then <laughs> <laughs> the solution always comes down with start the, the gospel and the gospel applied to yourself yeah because if if you don't do that then you really won't have an answer for other people or you'll come at them um, with something other than a gospel attitude uh, like the we were talking about earlier today with the, the uh, well in the movies some of the signs were like uh, psalm something they quoted a psalm God hates fags dot com like n no that's no yeah that's not and that's and you wonder if these people these people have actually applied the gospel to themselves because if you've been humiliated by your own sin how can you say that yeah yep and that's being humiliated by your own sin and then freed of it is a beautiful thing. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I think it comes to the point where if you're feeling, you know, maybe this is just a, if you're taking offense to everything that's being said, then maybe you realize that what you're doing is not appropriately right. So if you can just silence the critics and you're not having to face the truth. And yeah. I think that a lot of that is just, it still comes back to that me, me, I want to do what I want to do and I'm going to do what I want to do and it's mm -hmm. true for me. Um, mm -hmm. and you know, it's, I think, like I said, so if you, if you're not, if you're, you know, I'll go back to, you know, marriage, if you're having relationships issues with your wife and it, it's the perception is, is that you're this and you're keep combating that and all you're doing is arguing against it, then you're really not listening to what the other person has to say. Yeah. You're, you're taking a defensive posture because you know, probably deep in your heart, she's right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know that if. You know, someone and go 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 back to that alcohol conversation. If someone is having an intervention with you and saying you're having, you have a problem. Yeah. You can sit there and say, "I'm fine. I can stop anytime I want to." Blah 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 yeah. blah. You probably already recognize that you have a problem. Uh -huh. So I think when we when we get into this lot this this lane of is it a sin or being able to point to the sin, they don't want to point to it because they know that it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They don't want that called out because they already know that it is. So it's just a matter of making everybody else not be able to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, we've covered a, a whole myriad of topics. So we can, yeah, call, we can except, we call this one spiritual squirrels. Except yeah, John. spiritual squirrels. Oh, we did have John nine. I mentioned yeah, John nine. We, we once, did. But and I will say, see. after this this series, um, I got a lot of really positive feedback uh, from folks encouraging me to keep going. Um, you know, thank you for speaking truth, and um, 
we got we had three weeks where I got amens, which mm-hmm. you know I'm thought what in the world that we were yeah. turning into a Pentecostal church. Yeah, there was a week where we got three amens in one week as well. Uh-huh. And then I thought it was fun this week to be able to share the story about FJ's eyes mm-hmm. and to get applause at somebody else saying yeah. you know, praise God because that's. Yeah. That to me speaks that not that amen means anything in the it's in like the life of the church, scoring. right? But <laughs> but it's it says something to me about where the heart of our church is, yeah. and I, I'm encouraged about that. I'm encouraged by mm-hmm. what I'm seeing and the conversations that I'm having with people. I think people are hearing and wrestling and um, and tying up with Christ. And so, um, are we there yet? Nope. But I do think in that to to measure an intangible how do you you know there's no matrix for or or rubric for you know you and i brad have talked about this how do we measure whether somebody is is you know growing or strengthening in their relationship with god we can start wearing christian t-shirts right you'll know we are christians by our t-shirts bumper stickers tattoos yeah so there's no way of really measuring that other than these objective is objective the subjective objective subjective subjective yeah so the the stories we hear the the people that are saying had this happened or i prayed for this and this happened you know Mm -hmm. and i'm i get to hear those i need to do a better job at at making sure the congregation hears them to celebrate that stuff too i still think we need to have a prayer wall yeah you know what it's i i've dropped the ball on that because um Gail and I talked about that too and figuring out how do we do that um, and then also creating just a private group for folks in the church on Facebook that we could have a virtual prayer wall as well so um, I think so too I think we need to I, I keep thinking we've got to get back to that Wednesday night thing, but then I'm like, no, I'm just pray by myself Wednesday night because right. I was about the same anyway. So. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Me, myself, and I had some awesome yeah. fellowship. Yeah. yeah. So, are we... Is March 15th? It, yeah, March 15th. I've been game dinner. going crazy trying to pull stuff together for that. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to uh, have Pete on our other podcast next week, and so I'll, I can, I'll post it as a special Average Joe's as well so that you nice. can get both. Um, so I'm excited about that. And then we seem to be getting people responding, saying they're coming or interested in coming. And so... It'll be fun. And the men's check-in on Sunday after communion. If yep. uh, if you're there, it'll be upstairs, right? With, yep. Because uh, uh, you and I will be downstairs, emotionally healthy spirituality. Yeah. Check-in. Rachel was, uh, it's funny, we were just talking this week. She's like, so I did all my reading last week, uh, and we didn't have class. And we said, yeah, you, so you get a week off. She goes, well, what, what, how, what am I going to read when I take my... You know my moments of silence and stuff. Yeah. So she was. It's just neat to see a, a kid who has just really done an amazing turnaround. The Lord has been really good. Yeah, so. that's exciting. Yeah. I had the same conundrum because I've finished my reading, and but um, emotionally healthy spirituality on Sunday. Men's check-in upstairs, March fifteenth. That sounds like about. Enough. Yeah. Mark's or uh, Chris is preaching, so teaching. Stay, teaching. stay home and watch it on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's nobody here, and no one throws oh, tomatoes. So, but they won't here. be in a communion, so you don't. That's won't right. Be able to eat and 
drink the body and blood of Jesus. I love communion. I do too. Uh, maybe you could. I was going to say maybe you could make me cry, but it's Chris. He's just going to work your brain. Is that what I do? Right. <laughs> Teaching. <laughs> anyway, uh, probably should go ahead and wrap this up, right? Yeah. So, oh, you know what? Uh, after I say this, do like the drum roll or something. We'll see you on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>